Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, the show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now, here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Show. I'd like to know how you're feeling. Today, we're going to check in on your well-being. Our guest expert has a new book coming out called The Success Energy Equation. Welcome, Michelle Cederberg. So happy to be here, Jane. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you on the show. Tell everybody the path that you took to becoming not just a professional speaker, but a successful speaker. Wow. Yeah. It's, you know, 15 years to an overnight success, right? Yeah. You know, for for many of us as speakers, we started out with that passion, right? That deep burning desire to make an impact in other people's lives. And I learned pretty quickly that I wasn't going to be able to make a sustainable income unless I treated my speaking business like a business. Yay. Right. (laughs) And a lot of that for me, it took me a while to really understand the value of coaching, you know, taken coaching from you, Jane. I've taken coaching from other people who helped me really establish my business as a business. And then behind the scenes, I did my own work on, you know, trusting my expertise and pushing that imposter syndrome to the side and doing the freaking work. (laughs) Mm, I'm so glad you talked about imposter syndrome because that mindset work is stuff that I'm really ensconced in right now. And how important do you think your own mindset has been to your success? Oh, wow. Um, it has been, you know, I've got on a, a roller coaster of mindset from the very beginning. You know, I can do this to, oh my God, I can't do this to, oh my God, this is hard to, who's going to take me seriously to, I got this. <laughs> and I think many speakers can relate to that. The mindset, totally. that is everything. And like I talk about it is a new roller coaster. COVID is a new roller coaster. Oh gosh. Well, and see, the thing is, I say that it doesn't matter how big the goals are that you set if you don't believe that you can accomplish them. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, just to kind of give a little point right out of the beginning here, your COVID year is going to be whatever you think it's going to be. Oh gosh. Really be aware of what you are what you are thinking. I mean, it's just really that important. And well, so- and I can bet that all of your listeners went through their own peaks yeah. and valleys back in March when the calls and emails came in saying we're postponing, we're canceling, we're putting it to 2021. We're, you know, we need our deposits back. That happened in some cases for me. And I just sat there in my office going, what, what? is going on? No. What am I going to do? So then, of course, that word pivot, and we all had to, you know, adjust our expectations and really dig in and and do the work to get to the other side of this. Yeah, it's, it's so been interesting. You, you pivoted beautifully. You had done a lot of video already, so that part was not having the audience to actually engage wasn't as big of a hurdle for you. But just talk about what did you do? Well, yeah, I. <laughs> Of course, I wanted to shift online and I never loved the idea of virtual because I love that in-person interaction with the audience as most of you are all about energy. When I think Michelle Cedarberg, I think energy. Tell everybody, by the way, what your brand is. I, sh- I should have asked this before. Well, you know, I do have kind of energy as an underpinning of my my brand, but uh, the the concept on my website is empowering today's dreamers, leaders, and go-getters to create the life and career that they want. So I, I, I okay. want people to you know dare to live it big and i come at that from 
health and energy as a driver of success. My background is in kinesiology and I've been in the fitness industry for over 30 years. And you know, I believe that we need to take care of our physical machinery and the brilliant mind in it in order to drive our success to higher levels. If we don't take care of ourselves physically, mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally, cognitively, we're going to have success, but not nearly at the level that we're capable of if we listen to our mind and body. That's why I wanted to talk to you about what you did in the early stages of the pandemic, mm-hmm. because I thought, oh, I bet you came at this from a different angle. You, you're, you've got this kind of energy well-being stream going on all the time. It's very top of mind for you. So what are like a couple of things that if somebody's kind of feeling one of those lows of the roller coaster... What are some things that you might have done to just pull yourself back up? Well, you know, um, right at the very beginning, I sat with it. I sat with it for a good week and a half, maybe two weeks. A lot of people reacted so quickly that that almost it set set me off because I'm like, I'm not ready for your program. I'm not ready Mm -hmm. to, 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 talk about what's next. I don't know for myself. So really, I honestly, I sat with it for about a, a week and a half or two, just, okay, let's just see what's going to happen right now. Yeah. Step one the way to, like feel the feelings, right? feel the feels, all of the feels. And I, you know, I was tearful at points. I was a little bit fearful mm-hmm. at points. I was frustrated and angry because angry. I had a great year lined up on the books. I was heading yeah. towards a great year. I was planning on doing a lot more speaking in the U S <laughs> okay, well I better like the inside of my house, you know, yeah. more than, yeah. you know, it was, so I sat with it first of all. Okay. I watched what other people were doing. Mm-hmm, and for me, for sure. I'm very much about authenticity. So I really needed to be able to, to move in a way that felt right for me. And, and a lot of what I talk about is resilience and stress management and health. Mm-hmm. And so I started to look at my offerings and say, how can, I, how can I be of service with my current offerings in a way that's going to give people some energy and sustenance and resilience to get through the next, at that time, what felt like maybe it would be a month or two. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I created a bunch of COVID sessions that were positive. Let, you know, how, how are you going to pivot your uh, stress management tactics or life balance to the new, the new normal? In other words, right. it's overused. Yes. And then not like, like so many of your listeners, I, I started to explore the technology, you yes. know, get, get to know the platforms better and set up. Okay. Get, I got set up technically and then started to practice how I want it to be on the online space. So it's been really fun. So that's three things right there. So feel the feels, observe, and then pivot authentically. I think are a good, you know, if you kind of haven't really gone through that, or maybe somebody skipped over one of the steps, the feelings are so important. You know what? We've every right to feel angry and upset that our beautiful year got canceled. You know, who <laughs> wouldn't ever? <laughs> who wouldn't feel that? And so I think when you shove the feelings down from an energetic standpoint, that may be doing more harm than good. And and I think that's a nice segue in to talk about the success energy equation. First of all, love the title of your new book. That is fantastic. And tell us what the premise is. I think I know it already, but let's hear it. Well, the subtitle is how to regain focus, recharge your life and really get shit done. Now I'm a little bit cheeky there, but 
the that goal here is in line with your brand. It is so absolutely. Let's, <laughs> let's just say that that suits Michelle's brand. And if somebody is offended by the word shit, then they may not be a good client for her. Well, and I will say that, you know, I don't spend a whole lot of time dropping F-bombs or swears in the book. I just really, it, that that really gets shit done comes from a place of passion for me. Like when you, mm. oh, you know, like get, get your nail teeth into what you really love to do, get clear and focused so that you have the energy to drive forward. But one of the challenges that we're faced with these days, and, you know, as, as professional speakers, we are entrepreneurs, we are juggling, you know, we're, we're wearing multiple hats and there's a lot of chaos around us. We're dealing with a lot of moving parts, which means that we can tend to get stuck in autopilot trying to get it all done. And when we, when we lose sight of that clarity through autopilot, then we're not always going to be doing our best work. So give us a little bit more about autopilot and let's talk about technology as a part of your autopilot. Yeah. Well, when I was doing research for the book, I mean, I, I, I read this one study from the UK where almost 96% of, uh, of respondents said that they spent part of each day on autopilot. And that kind of surprised me until I really started to think about it. Most of us will spend some part of our day kind of zoning through to do and not really being fully present to what we're doing in this instant. Okay. So autopilot to me is, is when we are task mastering away and not necessarily being fully present, not necessarily uh, always being clear whether we're doing the right work on the right things right now. Mm -hmm. And it's further exacerbated by the technology that is, you know, our little supercomputers that are usually attached to our hands or not far out of reach that, that help feed that full brain, if you will. I call it 21st and a quarter century stress. And it's this idea of chronic stress on steroids where not only are we busy doing the tasks of the day, but we are not taking the breaks that we need. Or if we are taking breaks, we're taking them with our devices and we're scrolling social media or we are getting push notifications from you know, any number of, of apps that we have or we're mm. reading the news and not much of it's good these days and we're getting caught up in comparisonitis and all of that stuff is coming at us from the digital world. And so now not only do we not have physical breathing space, <sighs> just need to take a deep breath of air. Yeah. But we, now our brains are no longer getting the recovery that they need. And so it just, just makes it harder for us to be really mindful of how we are spending our time. You know, what you're making me realize is that I am very future focused anyway, but if I say, okay, I'm, I'm awake at nine o'clock in the morning. I know lots of people get up earlier than I do. That's my goal though, nine. And I don't have a coaching call till noon. If I were more intentional, like I'm kind of just waiting for that call at noon to really kind of start my day, but I do work before then, but I don't know if I'm really intentional and present for that work. I wonder if that isn't my autopilot time is when I'm waiting for my appointments to happen. Possibly. I mean, the, the, the question to ask yourself is, you know, am I feeling like I'm productive? Am I feeling like I'm using my time effectively? Right. Because we all know when we are, when we're doing the deep work, when we're digging in, when we're getting good work done, but there are also the times when we're sitting at our kitchen table with our phone in our hand thinking, 
I should be doing something more productive. Right? Right. right. I would say I don't beat myself up a tremendous amount, but I probably could be more intentional. And okay, so we understand what the problem is. Let's talk about what the three big chunks are. I think you've probably said them a little bit, but let's make sure everybody knows what the three big chunks are. And then we'll dive into each of those. Well, and I talk about success from, you know, kind of three different variables. It's, or it's setting good goals, having your belief in yourself to accomplish those goals, having the discipline to do the freaking work. Now, if we only did those three things, have the goal, believe in it and do the work, we're going to experience success. Mm -hmm. But because we are kind of burdened with life and stress and busyness and 21st and a quarter century stress, we need the fourth variable to kind of come in and help us kind of click that plane off of autopilot and get present. And that to me is energy. I talk about you know, using energy to drive those base dreams to the power of awesome. <laughs> oh, I like that equation. That's so when we think about, like I talk about regaining focus and recharging your life, energy I think is the driver of success for all types of energy that we have within us. And when most of us think about energy, we think about physical energy and I should go and exercise. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, and that is absolutely part of it. But I also talk about when we take care of ourselves physically, we have better emotional health and better mental focus. And so we feel better about ourselves and have better kind of drive to do the, do the thing, if you will. I mentioned earlier, it doesn't matter how big the goal is if you don't believe in your ability to accomplish it. So when we work on our physical and mental health, our belief in ourselves rises. When our belief in ourselves rises, we will set bigger goals and we'll also drive to do the work at a higher level. So if you're feeling sloth like, (laughs) I'm wondering if maybe some people might have been feeling somewhere during the whole COVID process. Oh, you and me both. (laughs) How, you know, think about how that might have drained your confidence. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I was pre- preaching to the converted here. I had to go back and read some of my own stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. I wondered if that was how you shifted gears to say, wait a second, if I was advising myself, what would I do right now? I was, I had people I was chatting with too, you know, people, my support group, my mastermind, and just, you know, we're just kind of sitting there staring into space going, now what? And realizing, all right, this may not have been the year that we had planned for ourselves, but what's possible? And I, I talk about that a lot and a lot a lot in the chapter around belief. You know, we can talk ourselves out and say, Oh, I can't do this. This is impossible. My schedule is defunct. I don't know technology. And you know, it's it's all over. We mm-hmm. awfulize and we catastrophize. But one of the things I appreciate as a coach is appreciative inquiry. So asking yourself, how might I? How might I accomplish? this new normal? How might I create a business that is all online? How might I get over my technology fears? All of these, as as long as we phrase it in the form of a question like that, our brain says, I don't know yet, but darn it, I'm going to work on the answer for you. Yeah. As soon as we say, oh, yeah, be done, James. I hate, I hate virtual. Uh, not a helpful <laughs> thought. Number one, nope. number two, you're not setting your brain to get to work to figure it out. So your brain wants I, you to be so successful so badly that it will work for you. Yes. Even if that working for you is towards failure. So if you say, I can't do it, the brain says, all right, then my work here is done. 
we're finished. We're so, done. But how might I how might I race virtual? Now your brain will get to work and seeds of ideas will come to you. And you might say, okay, I'm going to watch something and take a class and buy something. It's truly powerful. And you know, the next time they're on Facebook, they might be scrolling and they might see, oh, Jane's new podcast is about, you know, pivoting into the virtual world. You know what I mean? So those kinds of things pick up on your brain that didn't before because your, your brain is open to the idea. That takes me down like a bit of a wormhole, that conversation that we had the other night that, that, you know, if you say it out loud, Siri is listening. And the next thing you know, you're going to have advertising for something you said out loud. That's a little frightening. But anyway, that's a, that's a sidebar. And we will have that's a so true. show on security at some point. Okay. So if we were to give people several just walk away tips to do's, one of the things I think this awareness about when you're in and not in autopilot, what's something that people can just write down step one about that? About getting off of autopilot? Yes. You know, I, I believe how we do anything is how we do everything. Okay. So I want, I want your listeners to really think about how do you start your day? Okay. <laughs> and, and for many of us, you know, we're reaching for our phone in the semi-darkness of our bedroom to, mm -hmm. as our entry point into the day. Yes. And, and, you know, the moment we, we connect to the, to the outside world via technology, checking our emails or otherwise, we've now given control of our day to whatever's happening out there. So emails will hijack our plans. Something will come up that'll change our mindset, you know. We get alarmed by something. Yep. And, and all of a sudden your day is sent off in a different direction because of the choice you made the moment your eyes opened. And I will often say, check in with yourself before you check in with the world. I don't think we should have phones in our bedrooms. Okay, good. People will say, but I use it for alarm. And I say, well, there's these yeah, things alarm called alarm clock. clocks. I have a Google <laughs> home. And so I have that in my bedroom and I can just say, hey, Google, set an yeah. alarm for 7.30 a.m. Oh, well, you know? now Google's gonna send you a new alarm clock. But anyway, that's a sigh. Okay. <laughs> Check in with, with yourself before you check in with the world. So I will often wake up and just kind of lie there and just breathe mm -hmm. and, you know, check how was my sleep? You know, how am I feeling today? Mm -hmm. And then when I get up, before I kind of go into my office and when I'm having breakfast or even just as I sit down at my desk, I will sit down and, and, and think about what's the one, two, three things that I really want to accomplish today that will make today a success. Okay, good. I will try to do that before checking email and people will say, well, it's important. I need to check my email, but you've gone for six, seven, eight hours without checking. So maybe you could more. give yourself an extra half hour. It's one more, by the way, we do walk you through all of this in the wealthy speaker, daily success planner, and See? Journal, which we don't, uh, I don't do a lot of promotion of that journal, but we will put a link up to it in the show notes and you can find it on the wealthy speaker book. See, And it's not new information. It's common yeah. sense that, that people aren't necessarily applying, yeah. but I tell you, it is a, it's a game changer for like just having that confidence heading in, in, into your day saying, I'm deciding how I'm going to spend my time. I'm deciding what the most important things are that I need to tackle. And it's okay if I say not right now, or I'll get back to you on all of those emails that are coming in and saying, I need you right now. I need you right now because immediate gratification should always be put towards you and not other people's emergency. I, like, I like that. And when I don't do it, so we have, I think the first thing is what's your intention for the day? What do you want to have happen? When I don't do it, I feel untethered. 
And if I don't do it for a period of time, then I've been like floating out in no man's land for a period of time. I believe it's one of the simplest self-care things that you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. Instead of giving all your time and energy to other people's emergencies and urgencies, you're choosing to prioritize your needs as number one. Okay, so let's say step one is to get intentional about your morning routine. I love Mm -hmm. that. All right, so... Now let's shift into goal setting because I, talk about what's, what is the motivation matrix? I love your language, <laughs> by the way. I notice everybody that Michelle has used some very specific language and she's kind of claiming it as her own and motivation matrix. I don't know if that's yours, but it, it, could, have indeed t- mine. <laughs> it could have a little TM after it. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. When See, you- I just got some free coaching from Jane. Yeah, there you go. We want to <laughs> We want to, you know, autopilot is going to be language that your clients are going to use with you a, a long time coming. And I, I went back to my motivation uh, matrix, Michelle, and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that this is really awesome that you're kind of locking down your language. Explain to me what the motivation matrix is. It's got well, I think that all of us have the best intentions to be better and do better and have more. We all do. And all of us have different levels of of belief in ourselves and motivation to do the work, depending on what task we have in front of us. So the motivation matrix kind of charts four different motivation types based on the level of belief you have in yourself and the task and the level of discipline you have to do what it's actually going to take to accomplish that goal. So I have four different ones. And the first one is the dreamer, which is kind of the... uh, I have high belief, but low discipline. I'm thinking about it. I've got high belief in the task, but I'm not doing what it takes. Mm. Uh, Then there's the grinder. And I kind of named this one after my dad, which kind of makes me, um, you know, my dad passed away when I was 17. He was a logger cutting down trees, didn't love his job, but he went to it every single day and he did the work because he had high discipline despite having low belief in himself and the task because he had another purpose. I think that was my brother and he also passed away at a young age. So if you are a grinder, I hope you will take note that you don't want to die young because of the way that you are. Well, and there's there's another way of looking at that too, because sometimes we just have to do the J-O-B. Sometimes we just have to do the work. And my dad, he loved his family and he wanted to keep us, you know, with a roof over our head and food on the table. So despite the fact that he hated his work, he loved his family. So his... His discipline came from a different purpose, which was our, our family. Right. And, and that it's honorable in a way. But our ultimate goal is to be able to get to a place where we're doing work that we love and doing good work. And that's, you know, that's the, the best category, which I'll save for last. The one where it's low belief and low discipline is the seeker. So you've got low belief in the goal uh, and you've got low discipline to do the work. And it could mean you've got the wrong goals. It could mean you've got to work on your personal energy. It could mean that, you know, you have to, you know, dig in and, and, and find something new. And okay. we, all of us can be the seeker for something, right? All of us can have something where we're like, yeah, I'll do this. And we know and it's it, not going to happen if we're in seeker mode on that thing. Which means we might need to ask ourselves, is this something that I need to prioritize right now? Is this something that for years I said, oh, I want an online program. I need, I need an online, everybody's doing an online program, but up until very recently, it just didn't motivate me. 
Right. And yet I kept trying and I'm like, um, <laughs> but I had low belief and low discipline because I, it, what, it's an idea whose time wasn't right. Right. And for many people, you know, becoming a motivational speaker would be the seeker for life. I'm never, ever, ever going to do that because it terrifies me. Whereas, you know, for me, that's all I ever wanted to do once I, re once I realized there was that thing. Right, so the right. last category where ultimately all of us want to be with our belief and our discipline is the category I call the driver. And that's high belief in yourself and your task and high discipline to do the freaking work. Because <laughs> when we're in there, you know, shit's getting done. Pardon my French, but that's, that's, you know, that's when we're working with passion. That's when we're working with energy. That's when we know we're aligned with our goals and what we want for ourselves. And it's a very powerful place to be. And it's very likely that it'll be the intersection where passion and profits can meet as well because I love that. have the drive to move this forward. Dreamer, grinder, seeker, driver. Dreamer, driver, grinder, seeker. Yep, you got them all. <laughs> and I want to say it again, all of us will fall into each of those categories depending on what task we have in front of us i hate doing my uh, my accounting at every quarter <laughs> you know mm. i hate sending stuff to my uh, bookkeeper and that's mm -hmm. kind of one of those ones i will procrastinate forever yeah mm. we're talking about in my new book about scaling your speaking business we're talking about getting those things off of your plate because mm -hmm. they're 25 dollars an hour jobs anyway and if you rate yourself at 500 or a thousand dollars an hour really someone else who's really great at them should be taken case in point you know, know i've had a bookkeeper and an accountant since the very beginning but i was still compiling all of my receipts and visa statements and all that kind of stuff and until i'm like why the frig am i doing this Wait a second. like so like as much as i still hate that task the only thing i need to do now is email my assistant and say come by and pick it all up it's right it'll be ready at two you know, <laughs> I love that. So, and that is indeed an energy. So, you know, think about how that would have depleted your energy before, but you figured that out. Mm -hmm. So now you have more energy to do the tasks that you really want to do. Our bodies are amazingly intuitive. Yeah. Body and mind will tell you you know, when you're in flow, if you will. Yes. If, if, if you're working on something, and you're feeling the energy draining from your body. If, if it's a task you need to do, you might just need to suck it up. But more often than not, we can delegate, we can, we can delete, we can decide not to do, you know, I'm going to make a bet, Michelle, that most of the tasks that people don't want to do that drains the energy out of their body, that the majority of them are $25 an hour jobs and not what you should be doing anyway. Mm -hmm. 100%. You know, they're all the little icky things that. And, and, you know, depending on where you are in your speaking business, you might be saying, well, I can't afford to pay somebody $25 an hour. That was the best decision I ever made. Mm -hmm. um, a speaker calling, Colleen Francis, who is in engaged selling, she, she said, if you want a business that's greater than $150,000 a year, you need to hire help. I remember hearing that years ago thinking, but I can't afford it. And as yeah. soon as I did. You can't afford not to. I couldn't afford not to. It, you know, my assistant frees up so much of my time that allows me to be creative, that allows me to make the sales calls and close them, that allows me to go and actually do the work to get paid. Yeah. That's kind of the scaling equation, really. Is Which more than pays for her, uh, you know. Time. Very yeah. good. I love it. Okay. So we've talked about the motivation matrix. Is there anything else about goals that should be a part of this conversation that hasn't been yet? 
Well, I, I believe that we need to set them, but I also believe that we need to be very, um, very in touch with what we want. And as a coach, one of the big questions I always ask is simply, what do you want? It's a simple question, but it's often very hard to answer. You know what? I kind of take for granted that everybody thinks about that. And I'm coming to realize that everybody does not. I think about it constantly. I mean, it is just such a, my, such a part of my day. It's part of my daily routine. It's built right into the journal. What do you want? Yeah. And, and because if we're not in tune with that simple, the answer to that simple question, then we're likely going to be putting energy towards tasks that aren't in alignment, that aren't necessarily the things. We might say to ourselves, I should be doing this, but really when it gets right down to, to, to you know, in your heart, like, is yeah. this, oh yeah, like I love this stuff. I um, so I think we do need to set goals, but I was, we really need to, you know, why I spend so much of the first, I think three, four chapters talking about moving from autopilot to awareness mm -hmm. is because unless we are kind of here and present and clear about ourselves and what we want, we're going to be setting the wrong goals or we're not going to be setting big enough goals or we're going to be setting goals that are driving someone else's agenda. Okay. Very good. Let's write that down. What do I want? And let's, and, and on that note, write it down. Yeah. <laughs> write down the goals, write them down. And it could be a part of your morning routine. I have, um, one of my clients, Frank Selma, he talks about having kind of little chunk goals and big chunk goals. I forget what he calls them, something fun. And the big chunk ones are, what do I want way down the road? I actually write those down every single day. You know, 1.7 million goes on my big five every single day. How powerful is it to write something down every single day? Every single day. Well, here's the thing. Our brains are wired for kind of imprinting every time we write it down. It's called the generation effect. If we come up with an idea of our own and we write it down, we've thought about it so it moves from short-term into long-term. We've written it down so it has time to move from short-term to long-term where it can then nag you. <laughs> so when it's in the long-term memory, it's there. It's that thought that never goes away, this idea that, oh, I can do this. And it, there it is again. Apparently that means something. That 1.7 million isn't going away. Nope. So we, we set, yes, we can set the big scary goals and then the small chunks goals that I write about in the book as well, like the small steps to get you there are going to be your daily motivation to drive that success. Right. And, and I think maybe relaxing on the timeline, that's something else COVID has taught us. I don't believe in a goal that's meant to be achieved by a December 31st due date. Okay. You know? that, tell me more about that. That's an well, interesting concept that we don't normally hear. If it's a big enough goal, you might be saying it's going to take me five years to achieve my goal of 1.7 million, whatever it might be. You might look at that goal and say, holy crow, that's, that's a big one. You know, that, and so we get scared into submission unless we can give ourselves permission, A, to break it into smaller pieces and B, to have it beyond, you know, December 31st. And then I'm going to start again with a new one on January 1st. So, you know, chunk it into smaller chunks, do the work to move through that particular phase of the goal and then celebrate and then, you know, move into phase two or whatever it might be. I like it. And I'll say this to all, all of your listeners, you know, whatever stage you are in your speaking career. And I, you know, every now and then I stop and I look back at the body of work that I've generated in 15 years 
and I, I do a little happy dance. I'm like, I have done some stuff. And, and Michelle, you know? guess what? You've probably, uh, uh, one of the first things Dan Sullivan does with us when we get into strategic coach, he talks about 10 times in your business. I bet you've already 10 times your business. Oh, I've gosh. already 10 times my business. So it, originally when he said it, I just was like, no, that's crazy. That's impossible. But guess what? I've already done it. And I've already done all the other goals I've ever set for myself, which to me is what gives me the confidence moving forward into the 1.7. If you've done it before, you can do it again. Right, right. And, and I'm excited you know, to be able to share with you on the podcast two years from now that my goal is way bigger than that because now I realize that anything truly is possible. So, okay. Just do the freaking work. <laughs> okay. So that, well, believe in ourselves and doing the freaking work. That takes us beautifully into really get stuff done. So what does, you're talking about unleashing discipline. Energy is the magic multiplier of success. Again, love that language. What is it about getting stuff done that we really need to hone in on? What's the secret? Well, and the, the secret is there is no secret. I mean, Yay. every single one of us has has looked into our social media, what I call the social soul sucking social media comparison trap, where we look at our colleagues and say, "How the heck is that person achieving all that?" And sometimes we might be think, "I got so much more going on than that person, guaranteed." But that person is simply doing the work. Mm -hmm. They're simply sweating it out, and and you know when it gets hard, they're not stopping, and they're not allowing barriers to get in their way because sometimes it's hard sometimes it feels like work and and so the discipline piece is you know if you decide that you can do it then you can do it you know if you can decide that there's a goal that's achievable then all you simply need to do is take the first step and then the next one and then the next one do the work. So someone on one of my masterminds the other day was saying, you know, and this was the second time he brought it up. I don't know how to do a webinar. You know, what do I do? And, and really the truth was he just hadn't decided to do one yet. Right. And so he actually, uh, one of the avoidance of action is confusion. <laughs> telling yourself that you don't know what to do when in fact the steps were incredibly simple once he just really stopped and thought about it well and i you know I, you know i was telling myself a long time i you know i want to do an online program i don't want to do an online pro program like i don't I, know how to do an online i don't know i was scared of the technology yeah. and i didn't know what i wanted the program to be about but i wasn't I wasn't moving past those stumbling blocks. I was just sitting there looking at that pile of excuse and saying, well, obviously it's not time, right? Exactly. Instead of writing a one book, small though. step. Yeah, it's exactly the same as writing a book though, isn't it? It's just it is. you have to decide what is this book? What problem is this book going to solve? And the same thing goes for a course. What problem is this course going to solve? The same thing goes, we have levels of masterminds. What problem is the mastermind going to solve? We have a school. What problem is the school going to solve? And all of them at different levels are different for us. Well, and I will say that anytime you embark on a new project, it's going to be messy at first. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, we want things to be easy. And instead of pushing through all of that discomfort, we say, oh, well, this is too hard. I'll just set it aside. I can't tell you, like the original version of the success energy equation was so different than the end result. But if I hadn't stuck it out, I wouldn't have gotten to that juice. And there were some days where I was forcing myself to write and there was, you know, 
painful process. And that is true of you know, learning the online platforms, learning the new technology. It's going to be a bit messy at first. And then all of a sudden, a light bulb goes off and you realize, okay, that, that barrier is now behind me. Next, right? That's funny. The online course, we used LearnDash. I have no problem saying their name as our online platform for our school. And so we have everything. I mean, it's hours and hours and hours. We loaded everything in and we launched the school a year ago. And we just were under a brute force attack that happened as a, as a response to LearnDash not having high enough security. And so we've been back and forth to try to get support on that and nothing. So we're out. We're actually changing our platform. You know the pain of this. We're actually going to change our platform to something better. And at the same time, we're also going to change our... I've been with Infusionsoft for years and years and years. We're out with them too. And we're going to be up-leveling that and putting more pieces in place. And this growing period of pain is going to be so messy, Michelle, but it's the path to getting where we need to go. Well, which is a great point, Jane, because so many of us will look at our current systems and say it's good enough. And I don't have the energy or the discipline or the, yeah. the dig in to, to change this, even yeah. though it's not exactly what I need. And mm-hmm. you know, the messiness, that discipline that it takes to do the freaking work is what we need to remind ourselves regularly. Okay. Is this Am I on the right path? Do I need to shake things up? And for me, it's been so interesting during this whole pandemic uh, shift in my business where I'm realizing for the first time, well, what if I never speak in person again? Like, what will that look like? And, you know, how can I get excited about doing this work? And what do I need to change in order to be viable in 2021 and 2022 and 2023? Right. And would you be excited? And, you know, a lot of people really, really miss that audience energy. And I get that. I understand it. But that's not me. I've never wanted to travel. I've never wanted <laughs> yeah. to get on a plane. I've not chosen speaking. That's probably the main reason why I've never chosen speaking as my primary revenue source. I'll do it, you know, six times a year to build the fan base, to build um, the funnels. But honestly, I could totally give it up. Wouldn't well, and here's the all. thing. And I get that though. I, most of our listeners are not like me. I, I well... <laughs> Yes. And I also kind of, uh, oh my God, I can't wait for online or in person to come back again. But I've also been having a lot of fun with creative ways to engage my audiences, whether it's pre-recorded videos, 10 minutes in length to as much as an hour, whether it's, you know, doing short segments, you know, online or uh, on social media that are all kind of driving the business. It's all very different way of thinking nowadays Mm. And, and having fun with it, like finding ways to get excited about the work again. So maybe that's a really good question if anybody is struggling with that is what would make my heart sing? What revenue streams? What, how do I love, love, love to give my information? What's my favorite delivery outside of live presentations that I can turn to next? I think when we try, you know, seven different things, it tends to get watered down. So you're saying, all right, I'm going to write a book and I've got my course. Boom. Well, it's you very know. interesting because the book was, I finished writing the first draft in January. 
right, you know, before all this came down and sent yeah. it off to my publisher and the whole editing process happened during COVID and yes. not, not very much of the core of the book changed. You know, COVID doesn't become a factor in the book just because it was getting edited during COVID, but it turns out that it's kind of an unofficial COVID survival guide because it is about regaining focus and, and, yes. you know, kind of looking towards what's possible, you know, with your life as it is right now. And that got me excited because then I've got the book and then all of a sudden I'm going, oh my gosh, this is an online program. Yeah, so then I got, I got excited about that. So everything that I'm focusing on right now is all about the success energy equation and how do I bring it to a larger audience in person, virtual coaching, whatever it might be. I love and, it. And that's gotten me excited again. I love it. Well, congratulations on your excitement. Let's talk about the date that the book is coming out. This podcast will air in October. What is your launch date for the book and where do people go to buy it? Launch date is October 27th. And I'm going to be doing a fun little pre-order campaign from the 15th until the 26th where you will gain, if you buy a single book, you'll get the first two chapters will come to you right away. And, and then- fun. If you buy five or more books, you'll get that. Plus, you'll get a workbook, basically oh. work worksheets. Because at the end of every chapter, I, I, I get you to do the freaking work, and you get worksheets to help with that. And you'll get all sorts of little freebies. So, that's from October fifteenth to twenty sixth. And uh, you can go October to the October fifteenth at where do they go? You can go to successenergybook.com. <laughs> you can also follow me on my socials, you know, Instagram and Twitter at Cedarburg Speaks. And uh, you'll, you know, if you find me on the interwebs, you'll find out about the book, but uh, okay. successenergybook.com. Okay. And Cedarburg is C-E-D-E-R-B-E-R-G. And so Cedarburg Speaks, you can follow Michelle. Michelle, thank you so much. Uh, we'll put all of that in the show notes. If you're looking for the show notes for any show, by the way, go to speakerlauncher.com and click on the podcast because that's where we have the best version of the show notes with all the little goodies for you. Uh, appreciate your time and your wisdom so very much, Michelle. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm just, just so excited to catch up with you. <laughs> I know. And thank you so much for your time, Jane. I'm, I'm, yeah, I've been enjoying your other podcasts. So hopefully this one will uh, entertain your listeners as well. Uh, I think it will. And if you have been listening, hey, let us know. Reach out to Michelle. Reach out to myself. Let us know that you heard the podcast. Thank you again for listening. And with that, we will say, see you soon, Wealthy Speakers. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. If you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to WealthySpeakerSchool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next step call. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.